0: Here's the big question. Rigging the Game Podcast. If you're looking to change your family tree, redefine an industry, reach new limits, or live an unconventional life, how are are you setting yourself up to guarantee this will happen? This podcast is going to cut through all the cliche, cookie cutter, and conventional recommendations about finance, business, and life and give you the tips you need to get the outcomes you want while playing your game. I'm Dan Nicholson, and this is, is, is the Rigging the Game Podcast. Rigging the Game. Chris, how's it going? Thanks for coming on the show.
1: It's going good. You know, just uh, living the dream, trying to stay healthy.
0: That's what I like to hear. Yeah, crazy time. So we're recording this show on March 17th right now. In the thick of things, I'm in Seattle. You're in Kirkland, Washington, right? So The
1: epicenter, by the way, of this whole deal. Yep. uh,
0: You're in your private, you're in your office, right? Uh, Quarantined off though from everybody else. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm in my office in downtown Seattle with my daughter, and I've kicked out every other employee. Right. Uh, crazy times, for sure. So let's see, we've known each other for a f- couple years now, I guess. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah. Prior to that, I had over a couple year period, several different people read a post or an email or watch one of my videos and say, Do you know Chris Small? I think you guys are really similar. You should talk to Chris Small. He's non-conventional. Of course. Yeah. I've tried to brand myself as non-conventional and I don't like people stepping on that territory. <laughs> but <laughs> so we right. talked a couple years ago, it turns out you're you're pretty non-conventional.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it turns out that way. Yeah, not trying to be, just am, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's just a it's just a uh lifestyle. Yeah, a- it really
1: is. It really is.
0: Yeah. So so you've got several things going on in terms of several business things. So maybe we could start there and then kind of work backwards and I'll ask all my questions about how you figured out what you figured out.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I am, uh, I guess first, well, it depends on what, who I'm talking to, but I am first. But everything started really with um, me being an attorney and I started a law firm in um, 2008 here in Seattle, I was doing criminal defense and personal injury and um, sold that firm in 2015, started an estate planning law firm in 2016, but in the middle found that I really sort of loved um, not so much the law, honestly, the, the actual day-to-day grinding in, but the building of a practice, the building of systems, the, the marketing, and just sort of, um, I like the client aspect of it. I started talking about that side of things in a blog. It was literally just, um, I started it for my sort of own, I wanted to be able to look back and basically say, what was I doing back then? I wanted to remember it the way that it actually was and sort of not with rose colored glasses, which I think we often do when we look back. And other law firm owners started reading that content and asking me questions. And then I started helping them. So I have right now a law firm, and I have, I guess, what I would consider to be sort of a consulting business for law firm owners where I share a lot of what I use in my own firm to help them. And then branching off of that, because what I really love is creating content, doing things like this, um, making videos for my firm and for my consulting business, and then sending those out to the world, I have a, I guess, a, a media. Agency, albeit a very, very, very tiny one, that does a couple of very specific things. So that is like the super, super short version of what I've got going on. They all kind of tie together, um, and one has just been built off of the other, sort of as I've I've done each of these things.
0: Yeah, there's this common through line of folks who I have on the show of like scra- scratching your own itch.
1: Yeah, for sure
0: that I'm hearing you and knowing a bit about your story that you've uncovered is like you start writing this blog because it was kind of scratching your own itch about kind of keeping track of your story. Yeah, it was I was
1: doing, I was literally, what I was doing was I was trying to write every day just about the things that I was thinking about inside of my firm. So if you go way back to the beginning, for example, there are like three, literally three weeks of posts about deciding the name of my firm, you know? and now i look back and then when people ask me I'm like don't worry about the name of your firm it doesn't matter but everybody thinks about it forever you know it takes forever and i'm like don't do it you know so it was just those kinds of things and I, and i think um go, sort of go, getting back to this non-conventional unconventional sort of sort of philosophy i kind of try to approach things um a little bit differently than most people do and do the things that i think are right which are often outside of the the norm particularly for law firms you know yeah
0: Yeah. so what i got lots i got lots of questions that come to mind let's do it hit me Uh, why did you sell your first law practice
1: so i okay so i sold it for several reasons um the one of the reasons was that i just so one of the main reasons was i just stopped liking that kind of practice so i was doing um criminal defense i was doing personal injury i was Um, in court a lot. I was dealing with people that obviously were in trouble in one way or another, either not through their own fault via the car accident or, you know, getting a DUI or something. And um, I got, I got tired of dealing with that conflict all the time. like, not really. um, It's not my thing. You know, like I don't thrive off of that. And I got tired of that. And I'm, I love the business stuff so much that having to sit in court all day, and like see this this like incredible lack of um, you know just working diligently. I hated just nobody cared. Everybody sitting around. And then the economics for me also I didn't I didn't like. Um, that's sort of a side story, but a bit of a contributing factor. And then the other thing was I had kids, and so I found this other sort of love. I do estate planning now and probate. I've, um, you know, generational wealth, legacy, family protection, these things became like real to me then and um, important and interesting and something I wanted to pursue. So when I sold that firm, then I started the estate planning firm at that time. But th- those are the basic reasons why. I also saw a lot of opportunity in estate planning. Um, although it's not as low, I-, I will say this sidebar real quick. I have a couple of accountant friends. I'm jealous of all of you because you have this like you you didn't stumble into it necessarily, but you have this this amazing recurring revenue model that I'm never going to be able to have it with my law firm and but I did want to have a place where I knew there were an abundance of clients um people could come to me all the time, they all would always would be coming back, and so those sort of things all. Came together to me saying, "I want to get out of this business and do something different."
0: What kept you in the law field?
1: You know, um, honestly, I by that time I had be, I had started coaching and started doing some things, and the it was what I knew. You know, I knew that I could do it. I could do it again. It was so it was comfortable. But I also, in many ways, used my law firm as a testing ground to talk about the other things that I'm doing in my in my consulting business and things like that. And so it, it, there just was – I never even considered doing anything else, to be honest with you, although it's not the best business to be in um, from a, like, getting rich perspective, you know? It's just – unless you're doing PI or something like that. And, and, and although – so I take all that back. You can. It's just you have to do some things that I'm not necessarily interested in doing.
0: Yeah, it's very similar in the uh, accounting space too where – I think with attorneys in particular, there's some notion that you guys are the fat cats just raking it in. And there's some people at the top, some major law firms charging $1,000 an hour, but this is one of the, these are businesses that you build over years and years and years.
1: Yeah. I've, I've begun and you're right. And this is the story that I've really been focusing on a lot lately because I finally, I think sort of realized it with my own business and that we're so, I think, jaded and led led astray by by media and what we see in business today with people going like zero to a hundred like that a that only happens with a few small small businesses and we don't have the type of things that scale like that anyway you know so just i i'm this is my fifth year of my new law firm and i still consider it to be like a baby business um in terms of its growth um and where it's at you know i still consider it to be very very young business
0: yeah, it, it it's healthy to recognize that, I th- I think personally, just calling a spade a spade, r- recognizing that there's very few businesses that are going to go from zero to hundreds of millions or billions of billions of dollars. I mean, yeah. There are actually very few examples. It feels like there's a lot, but that's right. And people claim to be that
1: way, but if you actually listen to their story, what you'll find is they toiled doing some thing that actually sort of sparked the the big fast business for a long time you know that's what you typically will find if if people are honest and they this is this rose colored glasses thing right when people are telling their story they don't tell you about all the times that they were worried about not you know make a payroll or something because it just doesn't come up it's not sexy but it happens to everybody all the time
0: i I find it interesting the that you stayed in, that you didn't consider something other than legal. And I'm just curious why why you think that's the case. Because I know you as this guy who's got a bazillion business ideas and one of your yep. talents is to just hear someone talk and ask really good questions and help them come up with a solution that they wouldn't otherwise. So what, right. what do you think that? Yeah. So
1: the, you're right. So I tell, there's a, there's a, there is a little tiny piece of this story that I didn't tell you and it. I didn't hold it back on purpose. I actually forgot about it because it was a very, very short thing. So what happened was I forgot about this. So I had, I had, um, so I, what I really wanted to do when I sold this firm, I was thinking like, I want to just, I, I want to just do biz dev, right? I wanted to just do lead generation. And I knew that I knew how to do this for law firms. So I had talked to another another law firm and I had worked out this deal where I was gonna be able to come in and just do the business side. I was gonna get full control to just like, like set this firm up and drive clients and, and set the processes up on the systems and everything inside of it, and then just have attorneys just do the work, right? That sounds amazing. Just drive, just drive I, it was I
0: was like, I was like, this is gonna be this is gonna be awesome. Scrooge McDuckie, just money's coming in. That's right.
1: I was like, it's gonna because I was like, look, I'm because I'm going to. Uh, I, it's gonna take some, a little bit of time because I have to, you know, I'm st- in a new practice area. I'm not just jumping over where everyone's gonna come over with me. But um, I, I thought, well, I worked out this this deal where that was gonna happen. So I sold my firm in December, and I basically started doing this new this new idea in January, like right away. Well, by March, basically by the end of February. I knew that it was not going to go as was advertised because people are already have their so I was coming in and I was saying like, look, not in this way, but but essentially, the things that you're doing, we should change all of these things because they are they're like more efficient, just more converting there are all these things that we can do that are just better, and they were very, very reluctant to do like any of those things, you know, and so I, you know, because I've had, i would had some relationships in the past, I, I was less inclined to try to like make them work and just say like, look, we we're already just starting and we can't really like work together. Then let's just cut bait. And so then I was like, um, because, and then by that time I'd already done a lot of sort of the, the foundational marketing stuff for the firm, like things were already moving that way. So, and then I just, so I just ran with it. And I, and I think some of it too, honestly, is just, is just laziness, you know, cause I didn't, I would, to go start something brand new outside of owning a law firm it is relatively scary. The other option that I could have had that I did consider was going and just doing consulting all the time, just doing law firm owner stuff all the time, you know?
0: Yeah. It's interesting that you say laziness, cause to me it, seems like the exact opposite. I'm not trying to blow smoke, but what I see so much in entrepreneurship is, is, Folks have something that they're good at that they could make money at right now. And they do everything they possibly can to not do that thing. <laughs> it's it's, you know what,
1: there, there's some, there's all there. You're right. Because there's some, this lingers, I think for everyone. Uh, but for me, I think I'm willing to say it. There's also that fear of doing something different and having it not work too. Right. Because I do have a, uh, I am pretty good at seeing other people's businesses and helping them come up with ideas and executing new ideas on my own, but to do something new and different, I think opens up a level of potential failure, like subconsciously, that's that's scary, you know?
0: Intuitively, I think what you found is, and this is just projecting my own opinion of things, I guessed, uh, but... As I was just mentioning, I see so many folks working so hard to not execute on the thing that they're good at or working really hard to to not work really hard. And the fastest path is do the thing you're really good at, build that up, get some consistent cash flow, and then go get that stabilized and then go do the new stuff. It's fun. That's what I think you've been doing. And personally, that's yeah. what I'm doing, which is, hey, reality the CPA firm that I run is not going to 10x right. in the next year. Even if I put in 10x or 100x the effort, it's it's the nature of that business. It's taken me a while to accept that. <laughs> right, sure. But you call a spade a spade, you recognize uh, what's true based off the data, and then you can go scratch your itch somewhere else.
1: For sure, 100%. You know, and, and the thing is, too, you've, uh, you're 100% right on that. And, and this is a business that will like just you know I've, i'm hiring a new i'm having a new attorney that's starting to work for me in a couple of weeks hopefully hopefully people are still you know around and wanting to have work done uh assuming though that that is true you know that that is the next step for me is i basically have been building this business up so that i can just begin to step away from the day-to-day um work and then do the fun things inside of the business that I love but then also pursue some of those other things that are outside which are which are like this consult my consulting business, this media stuff like those are the fun those are the fun things for me personally that I like to do but you're right this business this law firm thing um, is definitely consistent and is relatively easy to do. I know how to do it you know It's not easy to execute on, but I know the I know the process to making it work.
0: Yeah. And you're, you're five to six years into this business, right? If I have the time yeah. and it's successful, it's multiple, I don't know the exact revenue numbers, but you have multiple six figure. Yeah, businesses. for sure. And you're saying, you know, at this stage, now I'm going to pivot towards doing this other stuff uh, more full time rather than going like, Hey, I got to six figures. I'm six months in or one year in, uh, my time's too valuable to be working on these things. Let me get right. you
1: something else. Yeah.
0: Stability, consistency.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the other thing too is for me, like I told you before, I tend to take these things like super woo-woo all the time, but especially over like the probably the last 18 months, um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about like, what do I want my life to really look like? And even, even, and I'm, you know this, cause you have, you have a lot of, Several people that work for you, like you know, you're not a, you're a, you have people. The more people that you add to a business like this, the more time you have to do things that you don't really like to do. You know, whether it's you know my hey hey I've been I've been at the house two days my computer doesn't work that kind of stuff or just people just being people. You know, it's like damn you got to just deal with all this stuff, and so. I've also spent a lot of time trying to design this business so that it does what I want to do out of my life, which doesn't mean getting super, super big or having, you know, because you can have a million dollar law firm that only puts a hundred grand in your pocket. You know, like you can do that and say you own a seven figure business and be, you know, sexy and everything, but it doesn't really serve what I want out of my life.
0: You know? Well, that's at the essence of what this podcast is about, which is getting really clear on what uh, what you actually want, yeah, and trying to make that make that a reality. I mean, each new person you hire, each direct report is five hours of time, for sure. Five less. You're not taking five hours off your plate. You're going to have five hours of employee management. Yep, yep, and for me. Well, yeah. I'm guilty of frankly and I got a bunch of principles and the whole process the methodology for decision making and all of that and I certainly am still guilty of, at times chasing after this carrot uh, so how, what is it about you or how have you kind of reined yourself in to, you mentioned the woo-woo piece to come back to time and time again like what is it that I actually want
1: you know, a lot of it is, is guessing and, and, tr- and trying, I think a lot about what do I like, you know, like, where do I actually enjoy spending my time? What, because, because for me, it's less about leisure. It's more about, I like to, I like to work, you know, so it's more about finding those things that stimulate me, that, that, that engage me, that fulfill me and then doing them and trying them and make and seeing do they actually make me feel the way that I I think they do or they they I think they will and then just kind of continuing to navigate through that that life and it's kind of weird because there's a lot of uncertainty for me in that too because I'm I think to myself is this what I do I really want this like what what do I want it's it's sort of like that that um, paradox of choice right it's kind of funny cuz so many people have no idea Of the possibilities that are out there in their life you know so many people think oh i'm just going to be this this is my best life we're going to just take a vacation every year we're going to work hard we're going to you know retire at 65 and live life there's limitations there but when you realize i can do whatever i want there's also limitations there because then you got to figure out like what do i want to do
0: you know maybe harder
1: that's right that's right so it is hard and that's in it and so um I don't have a really clear answer. I'm just kind of trying to be self-aware of what I like and also at the same time be aware of those outside influences that are pushing on me to try to get me to do things that um, look good on paper but that I might not really want to do, you know?
0: When you say – I kind of ask myself, what do I like? Are you distinguishing at all between am I happy? Is there any – for me, um, um, how does that work for you? Because I think sometimes the whole "am I happy" can be a little bit of a dangerous or like lagging indicator.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think about it in terms of. Uh, for me, the hap- for me the happiness typically is in the in the, um, like in the in the going for the thing in the process, is what I've found. I'm not much of like a celebrator, and when I reach a goal, I just go for the next goal. So it's really more about putting myself in a situation where I'm doing things that I like to do and ha- i guess um it's less about being happy it's more about working towards something uh, being challenged mentally in a way that i like for uh, another thing that i found too is you know i make a ton of content i do a lot of instagram posts i do a whole bunch of weird stuff but that's also like kind of a creative outlet for me i like and i like to have deep conversations like these like so i'm trying to figure out how can i put myself in a position to have great conversations like this how can i put myself in this position where i can talk about things that i like to talk about you know how can i push myself you know not physically really cuz i feel like i'm getting kind of old but physically for me but also mentally trying to make myself uncomfortable do fun things and try new experiences and and so um, it's not really about happy Happy for me is really just uh, being able to. This super woo woo now, but happiness for me is really feeling like I have the ability to just be myself and ha- and have that be okay, you know, with all the weirdness, all the strangeness, all the eccentricities, but just do my thing, you know, and have the people that are in my world be okay with that, um, and and then be able to pursue those things that I like.
0: When do you think you figured that out? Have you always sort of known that, or was there no?
1: No, definitely not. It's probably been the last two, 18 months, two years or so. I, I'm almost, I'll be 40 this year. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I, I do think there's just a level of maturity that you start to reach where things start to matter less that, that you thought mattered a long time ago. Uh, I started reading some books. I read like a four agreements, you know, like some things where I'm like, I'm like okay, some of the things that I thought I cared about, I didn't really necessarily care about. That makes sense? So, you know, also sort of really self-reflective. I think about this stuff a lot. I think about everything a lot, you know, in, in, in a good way, not like in an anxiety-producing way, but in an in inqu- inquisitive kind of a way.
0: So things have started to kind of come into clarity in the last 18 months, but you've really been in this self-reflective state for forever.
1: forever. For forever. I, I mean, for really... For, for a long time. Like my, I, every, my mom has even told me like, you're, I'm a weird dude, you know, in some ways, like I've, I've always, I've always totally been okay with just like doing my own thing. It's like uh, sort of a perfect example is, you know, when you're a kid, you know, your friends, they want to do weird stuff or thing. I, I would be the one that would just be like, no, like I'm out, you know? And, and so like, I really, I've always just been sort of my own person but I, the clarity, though, on what that means, I think it's really come into shape over the over this last course of time, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. What do you tell other people who, because you've got these coaching clients and these yeah. other ones who look to you, uh, what do you tell them about kind of navigating all this? Because for, I think for a lot of folks to go, like, what do I like? They may flip to, does this make me feel happy? Yeah, Which is... I think, a potentially dangerous road to go down because it's such a lagging indicator. Yep, yep,
1: for sure. I try, to, I, I, I try to tell them, I try to do a couple things. First thing I try to do is tell them to imagine that they are just having a conversation with themselves where no one is going to provide any feedback about what they're about to say, sort of like a safe place, because often the people that are closest to us can be sort of the harshest critics about what we want to do, particularly if that's different than what people think that you wanted to do. And then I would just, I mean, I would just invite them to think about what their perfect sort of life looks like. Like, when, because and I don't use the word happiness really ever. I use the word sort of fulfilled a lot. I just use what, you know, um, what. I don't use happy. I don't I I just say like, if you could describe your best day, you know, what would that look like? And then like, let's go try to make that happen because you can use your firm to do whatever it is you want. But then I challenge them to really think about if that is what they want, you know? Um, and then I help, we talk a lot about navigating the outside forces. You know, I had a guy that, for example, that we did a, I do a live quarterly meeting and we were in this meeting and he was, he was, um, he does traffic tickets, okay, but he does a lot of them, and he's he's doing he's killing it, okay. Profit margins on the traffic ticket are like sick, okay. So he's crushing it. He's crushing it, and so um we he gets up for his mastermind thing, and he's like. He's like, yeah, you know, what I'm doing, you know, whatever, and um, and my my dream is to get in this um, is to get in like a, a Winnebago with my family and drive around the country and just like see the country, just chill. And just like, you know, he has kids, he has young kids. And then he's like, but my question is, should I just quit this traffic ticket stuff and start in the state planning practice? And I'm like, your question doesn't align with what you want to do at all, right? And he's so, like, so. yeah, he's like, well, you know, I was at this bar meeting the other day and I told this judge that I did traffic t- tickets and they were like, oh, traffic tickets. And I'm like, And so then it just becomes this conversation for everyone about you have to decide do you want what you actually want are you willing to say that or do you want to make Do you want to look good for the world you know and for me a lot of it is that is what it boils down to because i think at the end of the day most people don't want what the world would subscribe to you if they had the the choice you know particularly where we are you know because we see that there are other possibilities out there and sort of are in control of what we do on a scale that a lot of people
0: aren't. I see this in entrepreneurs and I'm sure that this exists maybe more universally, but in particular in entrepreneurs where the identity is whatever the business does. So I'm For a, sure. my identity is I'm a traffic ticket attorney. And so somebody then besmirches or has something negative and it's yeah. like, man, you're, you're coming at my identity. How dare you right. say something bad about being a traffic ticket attorney?
1: I actually, what I tell, what I, what I point out to people often is that that I think that's more a reflection of the other person than than it, they make you feel bad because you actually are attacking their identity. So, for example, this judge by by even being okay with being a traffic attorney, you are in some way disparaging his identity as a judge and he, they, he or she could be either way. They immediately feel threatened, you know? And that's where that blowback I think comes, comes from people often. And then, you know, people care what other people think and, and, and you have to try to get over that as well. You know? So even like, even in this guy's case, I don't, I don't think he necessarily now, well, you're right, but you're right both ways because he did care about that as well. And his identity, he, didn't, he wasn't comfortable with his identity as a traffic ticket attorney as much as the judge was threatened by his success as a traffic ticket attorney in the context of what it means to be a lawyer, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, the judge has some version of the ideal attorney or the ideal career and anything less than that is substandard. For sure. Yeah. I wonder how much you take, I call it the investor frame, which is, you know, if you meet someone who's in just, let's just call it private equity, or basically they just in, they invest in businesses. And this very stoic manner about them, which is they look at this business and the economics and does it meet certain criteria? Is it gonna fund, in this case, profits, like I'm accountable to my investors. And they have this sort of largely stoic perspective on each individual business at least. and. It's like, is this going to fund, or get me closer to what I want, or not? And it's yeah. much more cut and dry. And, and I try to tell business owners that that's the frame that they need to view their own business with. It's like, would you invest in your own business? If not, like, why? Right. Could you change things such that you would invest in that in that business? Is this guy, if he's raking it? end he'd probably invest in that business he just doesn't want to do the work man.
1: right yeah for sure but that's what i told him yes. but but it, that's my that's my approach 100% you know i'm as stoic as they get
0: <laughs> I can say that that's-
1: in fact because i just i i don't i mean it just seems so obvious and clear to me right right? It just seems, it just seems like I I don't, but I'm, I I can see that there's another side to it, right? There's the other side um, to having some feeling and emotion about things, but I am approaching it from a very clean place. Do you want this thing? How do you get it? Let's go get it, right? It's sort of how I'm coming in and I'm trying to get people to see that same thing. They're, they're still people are just afraid, you know, they're afraid of letting themselves down, letting other people down of, of destroying some of these um, identities that they've, they've created or that have been thrust on them over time. You know, it's hard.
0: So you were maybe naturally just born with this tendency for the people who, who aren't, do you have a starting point for where you recommend people like Where do they even start?
1: you know it de- well, it depends right the classic it depends It's hard to say because you're everyone is kind of on a spectrum I think I think too the question becomes what do you want out of life right because I tell people there there are some people that are in my group that don't do a lot of the things right yep. and and at some point we have a conversation where I have to where I just tell them I say look dude, just be honest with yourself because it's okay to have a business that makes you know, 150K a year, you put you put 80 in your pocket and you're doing your thing and you're chilling and you're just, you're fine. Like not everybody has to be fit this mold of even how I am. Like not every, I always tell people, I don't care what you do, but I want you to make choices that are aligned with who you are and what you want to do, mm-hmm. you know? So I think the first step is just to ask yourself, do you want things to change? Do you even, do you want, these things you know and then from there it's usually just start start with one choice you know pick one thing and make it make a subtle shift or change into what you're doing to what you actually want to do is typically how i try to do it you know it's hard but you got to take baby steps see some success keep going you know do stuff where if it bounces back at you it doesn't hurt you know that much um but it depends. It really depends on who who the person is, and on what, on what the course of action is. Some people are like some people are like, F it, let's go." I'm telling me the crazy, you know, you know. I mean, you know, there are all these people that are that are. They're all along the spectrum, so it just depends.
0: How much do you see kind of the espouse values versus values and actions of gap where people say they want one thing but their actions indicate another? Uh,
1: I, I mean, where it's where don't you see it? You know, <laughs>
0: that's true.
1: I mean, I I even have it in myself. So um, there, I think that, I think that too, though, becomes, it it just boils down to that same question. I think it's everywhere though. I think, I think um, part of it is unrealistic expectations. And when we're talking about business in particular, people do have this idea about things going so fast and, and working out so smoothly and what, what they don't understand is you have to work, you know, you have to. One of the things that I really push too is like, look, you have to be willing to win the day, right? Yep. Stop, look, stop looking at these lagging factors, right, that you talk about. You can't worry about how much money you're making. You have to know that you're gonna put this work in, follow this process, and these results are going to come sometime down the road. And you can't use those results down the road as an indication of your success because you do not know when they're gonna happen. And they might not happen, ever. Or in a time frame that works with your business, but you can't use that as your definition of success or it's going to, you're not gonna be able to wake up in the morning and do the things that you need to do, you know?
0: Yeah, there's this odd like dopamine hit that people get from the, I'm just gonna make some wild, bold claims and, and I'm gonna right. change 57 things today. That's right. And I'm gonna go, I just, I never thought I'd get to 100,000 in revenues, so my new target is 100 million.
1: Right. I've had people tell me that you're going to, I'm going to, this happens at mastermind meetings too sometimes, right? Because they get, people get jacked up, they get fired up and they're ready to, they, you know, they are primed to take action and they say that those things. And I just tell them like, look, I would, I want you to do something that is uncomfortable, but that you can actually do, you know? So like when it comes to content, people will want to say, I'm going to go from zero to making up five pieces of content a week. And I say, listen, you do me a favor. You do one a week and do all the distribution that I talk about for a month in a row. And you call me and then we'll do two, you know, we'll do two for a month. And you just see when it's because at some point you're going to reach the the, because I'd rather have somebody do one piece of content every day, every week for the rest of their lives than to do five pieces this week and quit because it's too
0: much. You know? It's like the yo-yo diet of creating content. Sure. Like I'm going to do five,
1: five pieces right. of content, zero to
0: five, and I'm going to do that for like three And weeks. people,
1: Yeah, and people do that for all kinds of stuff, whether it be like advertising, Google advertising or, or some other kind of campaign or, or just any anything, going to the gym. I mean, all these things that people just jump into, even weight loss, right, even dieting in and of itself where you do these things that are not sustainable, even on a yo-yo basis, some people can't go a week without having a candy bar or something. It's like, why not try to find some way that you can sort of alter what you're doing on a daily basis to give you success over time, you know?
0: I learned this framework uh, from my, well, from uh, my therapist, which is the, we got rigid on one end, we got chaos on the other. And what we do is we just jump from one to the other. Yeah, There's some story in between or some like thing that we tell ourselves that like converts converts it from chaos to rigid or rigid right. back to chaos. But it's yeah. like I'm doing zero content whatsoever, but I got all these things in my head that are agitating me. You know, my revenue numbers aren't what they, I want them right. to be or so on and so forth. So the answer is something really rigid where I'm going to now get up at 5 a.m. and produce content every day. And then we do that for a while and then it's too rigid. So then we go like, I'm not happy. This, I didn't get into business to not be happy. So then we go back to the other other side. Right. 100%. Which, I mean, I'm guilty. I've tried to be mindful of it and go like, is this just a scenario where I'm creating chaos because things are too rigid or vice versa?
1: That's right. Yep. In, 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 in. For me, that that goes back into this, like, what does my perfect day look like, and what do I enjoy doing? And from because you doesn't you don't have to create a ton of content necessarily if that's not your thing. You may have to do it for a little while and be and not like it, but that gets you closer to the place that you want to be, and then you can do other things. You know,
0: gotta but, ask. Maybe yeah. this, uh, one of the final final questions: What is your perfect day? What is my perfect day?
1: Man. So it, it, uh, gosh, it depends honestly on the day that you ask me this question, but I love to wake up early. So my perfect day would start probably like, I like to wake up at like five o'clock in the morning. I love to have time for myself. I like to go to the gym. I like to read a little bit. I like to write a little bit. Wake. I like to wake up with the kids. So basically they wake up and come find me, you know, like we basically do our breakfast thing. Um, I get to go to work at some point and they go to school or they do their own, you know, they do their own. Tangent, I like the idea, (laughs) this is getting to some parenting shit right now. Oh, (laughs) hopefully I can cuss too. I I like the idea of my kids being able to do their own thing from time to time. I do not believe that I need to be there for them always. So I don't mind leaving them. Like I'm totally like a, a quality over quantity kind of a person. So, but that's a side note. So, but then go and work you know, create content, like do do whatever the, thing is, the, whatever the thing is that I'm pursuing at that point, just to be able to work on that. I would love to be able to mix in there as a part of that, having conversations like this. Um, that is what good work to me means. You know, gosh, I would really like to just work a lot. I would love to be on a beach somewhere where I can sit outside and do it or have, a, have some sort of a, um, I would like it to be warm. I guess I don't have to be on a beach. I just don't like it to be cold. What and type then, of yeah, what's that it's
0: legal work that you're doing or this is content creation? No, no,
1: no, it wouldn't be legal work. I mean, it would be, it wouldn't be, I don't know that it would be content on the day it's gonna change like what exactly it is, right? But it's going to be, for example, what I love about my firm, and this may be one of the reasons why I picked it. I like the idea of creating a law firm that actually serves people well, you know? like I like the idea of building something that provides an, a, a great service. I get a lot of satisfaction out of ha- being done with a client and having them and seeing sort of the, it's relief on their face because they're done with their estate plan, but they're happy. You know, like they are, they feel content. They feel safety or security that they didn't necessarily feel before. I like that. I don't need to be the one in the room that's doing that. I want to be able to to provide that to, to people. That's what I like. Um, But in the same thing goes with law firm owners. That's why I got into consulting because as you know, there's a bunch of people out there teaching people a bunch of terrible things, trying to take their money from them and sort of like, you know, push them out. And I know how hard it is to try to start your own business. And I also get a lot of satisfaction out of helping people do that. But I also like systems. and want to do it in a way that can provide sort of one-to-many kind of help. Yeah. So it would just be whatever that next idea is that sort of like popped up in front of me. That makes sense?
0: It does. It does.
1: And then I don't know, probably eat some food, go drink some drinks, you know, hang exactly. out and chill, have some conversations. Obviously hanging out with my family is, is, is a, is a, is a part of that. You know, I feel like they're sort of intertwined in all of this, you know, and a drink. What you, what you Ooh, well, old fashions. I'm I've recently over the course of the last year or so, really become a fan of old fashions. Um, but I won't kick a glass of wine out of the picture okay. or a beer. I'll drink whatever. Okay. So. How like much it? small talk? How much <laughs> small talk? No small – no small – very little – the small talk would be like – literally be like, hey, hey, so what's your what are your goals? <laughs> you know, like, hey, what are you doing? No, I don't – I'm not a big fan of small talk. I – very, very little small talk.
0: Yeah. I like I to talk uh, – Huh? I know this about you and I like to bring it up when the opportunity.
1: Yeah. I like to. yeah, it depends. You know, not, I don't even like, even when it comes to anything, like even if I talk about sports, I still like to get into like the philosophy of sport. I like to talk about, I don't like, Hey, like Jayhawks are doing pretty great. Right. Yeah. I don't like that. So how's, how's the weather? I don't like that. You know?
0: Yeah. So it seems to map back to just the overall curiosity and kind of trying to ask, like get to the root of them,
1: yeah it's it's um it's I think some of it too is I really like to understand where people are coming from, you know like i'm I'm just naturally curious and and willing to sort of bandy back and forth different viewpoints and ideas because I'm not ever really trying to prove people that what I'm thinking is right, but I like to explore these different ideas, you know, like that's why people get mad at me, though, if we talk about religion or politics or anything like that, people get mad because. They're look, often people are just looking for someone to agree with them, whereas I would rather say like, well, what I don't get is like this thing, you know? Like this thing about this thing just perplexes me. Like, what do you think about that? And then people are like, you hate whatever, you know? Sure. I'm like, and it's not that. I just want to I want to just explore these ideas, you know?
0: Yeah, there's this all or nothing framework that folks have. You either agree with me or you disagree with me. That's right. I'm maybe somewhere in the middle on this, or I don't That's know.
1: Right. I, yeah, or I actually don't, I actually don't have an opinion on a lot of like my, my frame of reference and a lot of stuff is everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I don't think there's any, I don't think right exists. I think it's completely subjective and, and is, I don't like it. So I don't ever really try to convince people of things, but I love to hear where people are coming from and talk about it. We can agree to disagree and still just talk, you know?
0: Yep. Uh, any final, final comments, things that you want people to know?
1: Man, I don't know. I think I think at the end of the day, you have. I, we talked about this a little bit, but whether you're, no matter what you're doing, like you have to take some action if you want to see results in your life. You have to be willing to like put some work in, and um, and find a way to enjoy the process. You know, some way. You you can hate the whole thing, but if you know what you're working toward, it can be helpful. But you have to find some way to be able to wake up every day and just like do the things that you need to do to get to where you want to go. And then along those lines as well, you know, it's so important for me that, that people understand that whatever they want out of life is okay too. You know, like there is no right thing. And I think so many people are unhappy in just faking it and, and living these miserable lives because they're too afraid to say the thing that they want to say. You know, whether it's in business or or personal life or whatever, I would just encourage people to find a way to like say those things um, because it changes everything. You know.
0: Where can people find you?
1: Oh, let's see. The um, probably the the easiest way unconventionalattorney.com is probably a great place to find me on Instagram. I'm the Christopher Small. I do a lot of stuff on Instagram, but. Um, you just Google me. I think you can find me.
0: Small out there that we need to take out.
1: There's a world. Yes, there's a world-class snooker player named Christopher Small. That's over in like uh, over in uh, Ireland or something. That's great. So he and I are competing in Google search. Okay. But, um, but I'm not him. So anybody, any of the results except for me will show up. But
0: yeah, yep. yeah, yep. All right. So, well, thanks.
1: On. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I had a great time. All
0: right. Stay healthy.
1: Yeah, you too. Thanks, man.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rigging the Game podcast. You can find show notes and much, much more at www.riggingthegame.com. And remember, you get to set the rules for how you play this game of life. So if you make the rules, why not rig the game to win?